My mom had taken me to the dentist for a routine visit. He told the um, assistant to give me nitrous oxide, which we called sweet air back in the day. I kept pulling this all the way because it wasn't enough, I guess. I was still feeling the pain, and he says, turn it up. So the assistant turned it up. And I felt myself not breathing and then levitating out of my body, like floating. And I, I hovered to the ceiling, and I go right through the ceiling, up into the sky, and I pulled right through it. It's like a, uh, a tunnel. Very, very dark. And I'm being pulled closer to this light and this darkness that I'm in. That side that I'm on is more real than this side any day, any time of the week. It just, this is like the dream state compared to that. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dead Talks. Today is a near-death experience story shared by Philip Siracusa, and he taps into what happened to him in 1981, which is when this took place when he was only a 14-year-old boy who went to the dentist's office. So this actually took place in the dentist's office and would change his life forever. He taps into what he saw, what he experienced, what he learned from it, and how it impacts his life today. So as always, thank you for tuning in. And even more, as always, please share a review, five stars, write the best you can on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to. As I've always mentioned, and as I keep mentioning, it really helps get this podcast out there, and it means the world. So let's get into the episode. Let's see what Philip has to say, and I hope you enjoy this one. Take care. All right, Philip, another fellow New Yorker, Italian, I presume, or no? Yes. All right, there we go. That's, not, that's all you all need to know for anyone listening to the podcast. You got two Italians from Staten Island, New York, so you better listen to the whole episode. But I want to thank you again for being here. As I mentioned, I saw your story, your near death, I believe when you were a kid, and uh, I, I thought it was fascinating. So I just kind of wanted you, if you don't mind, you know, sharing it and then uh, what your beliefs are with the whole thing, and we'll kind of tap in from there. You could start wherever you feel comfortable. In um, the summer of 1981, my mom had taken me to the dentist for a routine visit, and I uh, was walking distance. It was a beautiful day out, and I don't like the dentist. I don't know who looked to us like the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting in the chair, and my mom was there, and the assistant. And um, I guess they found, like, a cavity or something, and they, they were, like, poking at my teeth with whatever they were using, and I was pulling the, the dentist all the way. And... He told the um, assistant to give me nitrous oxide, which we called sweet air back in the day. So he put it over my face, and um, I kept pulling this all the way because it wasn't enough, I guess. I was still feeling the pain, and he says, turn it up. So the assistant turned it up. And I felt myself not breathing and then levitating out of my body, like floating. But now I think that I'm 14 years old. I think I'm in a dream state or something. But it was so quick that the person that wasn't breathing really didn't make a difference, me being me. And I, I hovered to the ceiling, and my body turns around, and I'm looking at my mom and everyone. I'm waving, hello, hello, can you see me? Can you hear me? And obviously no one's looking at me, but I'm looking at my body, and I go right through the ceiling of the dentist office, up into the sky, and I'm floating. Now everything's looking just the way you would think it would as, as if you're in a plane. I'm looking at everything and it's looking really small, the homes and, and the building I just came out of. And then I go into this opening, this tremendous opening, and I'll pull right through it. It's like a, uh, a tunnel, very, very dark. And I'm going very fast, very fast. Again, this is my spirit body now. And 
it was tur- I'm turning in there and I'm going really, really fast, but I don't feel any pain. This, that's gone. And this thing was very, very long. And then it came to a point where I was slowing down and I seen a pinhole of light far away through the spirit eye. And I was pulled really fast again. And I'm being pulled closer to this light and this darkness that I'm in. And then all of a sudden opens up this tremendous, beautiful sky, magnificent sky that we all words don't even magnify what the sky really looks like. And I feel nothing but peace and love. And I feel like I'm home. Now, that part of me that I left behind in the physical realm, that's gone. That's over. I'm back home. Through the, the conscience of me, I think maybe this is all an hallucination or just a, a dream that I fell into. I see these tremendous golden gates on the right side of me, and I'm being pulled through them. And I go into a garden. Now, I have to say this. That side that I'm on is more real than this side any day, any time of the week. It just, this is like the dream state compared to that. This is like the illusion compared to that, because that really is life, how I would describe it. The garden Every single thing is perfect. Every leaf, every tree, every flower, every rose, everything is perfect. But not only is it perfect, and and I'm seeing it through like the, the 360 view of me through a form of consciousness, but you can feel the vibration of it, of everything was alive. In some sort of way, everything is alive and vibrating, and you can feel the creation of it. Then I pulled into a field, and the field goes on. There's no time and distance on that side, but wow. The field is something that took me back because the field, every blade of grass is perfect, but it just keeps going and going. It's like forever. Now, on the field is when I, I started to feel like this is all of me. I belong here. And I seen this, this female coming slower and closer from the right side of the field to me. And she's like floating through the field to me. And I'm looking at her, but I don't know who she is. She's about a few feet away that I would describe. And she says, follow me. She pulls me by gravitational pull, not by touch. And I felt warm in love with her. I recognized her, but I don't know from where. Like, where is she from? And she's pulling me, and I'm drifting and just taking in all the scenery of this other side called home slash, in religion, we call it heaven. And she takes me to a park bench where I see two elderly people, and then she drifts away. I didn't want her to go, this girl, because I felt like I was secure, too, with her, like she's somebody to me. The two elderly people turn around, and it's my grandparents. Now... My grandfather I never met. He was long gone before I was born. He had a top hat on, a suit, looked really good. He looked around his 60s, but not in the physical realm of 60s. 60s of his vibrant look, like you'd want to look like that. And my grandma turns around, who died earlier that year, and she's in the blue dress she was buried in, and she looks really good. And my grandfather goes, hello, Sonny, and I'm like, Grandpa, with all this excitement. And then he looks at my grandmother and and he goes, what's Philip doing here? And she looks at me, looks at him, and then she points her finger and says, go back now. 
But I says, Grandma, and I was being pulled backwards. Of everything I just went through, I'm being pulled back through the field, back into the garden, back through the gates, and back into this tunnel and going backwards really fast. And I, I wanted to be with them because when you're on that side, you want to stay. This is playland compared to what that really is. And um, I somehow was able, through power of thought, to stop myself in that tunnel. Now, you know, I get asked all the time, what's the scariest part about a near-death experience? Well, see, that tunnel's very big. It's very dark. And um, it's like being never heard, never found, never seen, and you never even existed. It's being part of nothingness. In one sense, I was slowly pulling myself back to that light. And when I did, I seen that sky open up again, open up again. And then I was pulled backwards one more time through the tunnel. And at halfway point, I knew where I was going. And then I'm looking at a hospital ceiling, looking at my body, and there's doctors, and I guess they were trying to get me to breathe. And then I slipped right back in to my body where I didn't want to go. Because when you're out of the body, it's like, I'm not going back in that. No way. That's a meat sack. I ain't going back in there. But I was pulled back in, and then I'm gasping for air, gasping for air. And what happened was I was born with allergies to everything. And, you know, I was one of those people that were probably the first experiment with the grid on the forearm of allergy test and not knowing I was allergic to this nitrous oxide that shut me down immediately. When I came to, I, I, I knew where I was. But when I went to the other side, I didn't care about this. It was over. I was saying, Mom, I was in heaven. I seen Grandma, I seen Grandpa. And, oh, it's just, you know, you would, it was a dream state, Philip, you know. And, 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 you know, in 1981 now, there's no internet. No one really talks about near-death experiences and all that. So it's hard to fathom your own imagination of where you are. Was it real? And part of you knows it was real. And part of you is like, maybe it wasn't real. And um, a couple of days later, I was brought home. And I remember telling friends in the neighborhood, I died. I see my grandparents, oh, and they, it was a chuckle, you know. No one really believed it. But that inner part of me knew. There's a part of all of us, there's a knowing that is undeniable when we face it. And up until the point that you do face it, you have uncertainty. But I always knew there was that piece of me that knew, no, 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 no. I know where I was. So life went on. I, I was living the normal teenage life after that. And it was a year later. And I, I was in the backyard, beautiful summer day, Staten Island, New York. And I, I look up at the sky. And I look at these flowers in the front yard. I'm like, God, if I was really at your home, give me a sign because no one believes me. And I'm not sure if I believe me. So my mom says to my brothers and sisters, we had a big family. We were going to go for a walk. We lived on a long street. And um, we all got together in the middle of the street. We're walking. My older brothers and my oldest sister, my mom's pushing my little sister. And um, we're walking up the street. If you could picture this beautiful summer day. And I had asked God for a sign. And I feel this vibration to the right side of me. And I turn, and it's the girl from heaven. I felt like I was back in heaven when I seen her because I felt pure. I felt good. I felt like I wasn't me. I was the best of everything. She had on this shirt with flowers, the same flowers I seen in the garden of heaven. 
and just regular blue jeans. She kind of mirrored my age, maybe a little different, but very vibrant and, and looked incredible with this glow around her. And I'm like, mom, mom, that's the girl from heaven. And she said, I don't see anything, Philip. There's no one there. My brothers are looking at me like, stop goofing off. My older sister, who is to the more right side of her, seen her. My sister Patricia sees her and she's like, I see her. I was like, you see her? She goes, of course I do. And she's talking to her. And they're skipping along, laughing. I feel good because now she sees her. And I asked this girl, who are you? And she smiles and she goes, I'm here to you. Go back to the side. Don't worry about it, silly. And I'm looking at her. My sister's playing around with her. And it was about a block or two up. She was just with us. And, and um, I still get chills every time I talk about this. And then she faded out to nothing. She was gone. And me and my sister are looking for her. And my mom and brothers are like, who are you looking for? But we knew it was real. We knew this girl was real. And I knew now it was more real because she's seen her. Whew. Before I was born, my mom had a daughter. And the daughter came home but died at a week old. And I and my sister believe up until this day that that was our sister because she comes through in, in dreams to my older sister. Um, she didn't win the battle of life. She died at a week old. And I never got to meet her. But when I say that, when I was in this side, I recognized her. We believe that was her. Wow. So miracles do happen from the other side in the most mysterious ways where it's like if we really have enough intent and question, can we see someone or was I really in your home, meaning the other side, heaven? Sometimes in the strangest ways, these signs are answered. And, and I could tell the world, I'm 56 years old, and I'll tell anyone straight out, the other side does exist. And I get asked all the time, well, Philip, if you're really in a place called heaven or home, but you, which, so that I call it, did you meet God? No. You see now, I seen the light, and the light was the vibration, and the vibration was the love, and the love was the creator, which we call God. Because the light is everything. That is life. That is the love. When you get to that side, you know everything. You feel everything. You are vi so vibrant that the word love that we use here in the physical realm is seldomly using. Sometimes it's meaningless. Can we fight with somebody who's like, well, I don't love you now? It's weird because that love on the other side is like, no, no. That's unconditional love. There's a difference. There's a tremendous difference. And we are connected to everything and everybody in every single way. And that is God. Did I see angels with wings? Not the way the Bible describes it. And I get asked, well, do I believe in any certain religion? I grew up Catholic. Do I believe in any religion? No, I don't. I don't. It's I don't disrespect beliefs in religion, but I've been there. I've been to that side, and I can promise you that you'll see when you get there. We put limitations and control on formats of religion and our belief system. We're narrowed into four corners of our belief and how we grew up and through the society and culture that we grew up. But when you're out of the box, because right now we're in a box, you see everything for what it really is, 
and the true nature of the soul that you really are. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no pain on that side. Everyone takes the perfect fit of their soul. And we've chosen these journeys to experience certain things in the physical realm. <laughs> Damn, Philip. <laughs> I feel like I was at the place with you. You're so descriptive with everything. And it was interesting to me that I guess besides the way you got there to the other side, it's that didn't seem like an earthly place, but it was interesting that when you got to a garden and you saw your grandparents and this girl who you're saying you think was your sister who passed when she was a week old, it felt, well, the way you described it, it felt like an earthly realm. You saw things the way they are. So were you, did you have a body, quote unquote? And do you think the fact that you saw bodies, that was just your the way your brain could understand what you were seeing and then beyond wherever you were, are we still a body? Because the way you're describing it seems like our meat bags still exist on the other side. Our spirit bodies exist. Everything around us in the physical realm is made up through what we perceive to believe is real because we're all energy. Energy is not solid by any means. We've created everything around us. This is the, the earthly body and what we see and perceive to be real is really not the realism of what it is on the other side. The other side is life. That big word, that is life. And it's kind of like these are the experiences that we go through. And then do I, are there people on the other side? Of course. But are they in meat, flesh, body? No, 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 no. Everyone looks great. It's a spiritual sense of the soul's energy, how they, we created it to be and to look on that side. It's, it's kind of like I can change my form because I'm energy and I could look the perfect part of what I always wanted to look like. And, and we hear about not only my near-death experiences, but from around the world that people look really good. Some people go back to their teenage years or their 20s, how they look on that side. Other people, like I've experienced my grandparents in their 60s, probably because they wanted me to see who they were, but they still looked incredible. It was just, we, we give things a number at a time and a distance. That doesn't exist. And we see things visually how we want to perceive it here, but we've made it up. On that side, it's like, no, this is really the way it works. You know, I talk about that field, and that field is incredible. People can say, oh, well, you've seen blades of grass that were perfect and the field goes on forever, so what? That's the way I would say the physical realm, right? But you see, when you're on that side, that's everything. Because every blade, you're taking in now the energy and life of every single thing around you, every blade of grass. There's a big, big difference. How we can feel the connecting energy that you cannot feel here in the physical realm. Do you think you can't feel it or... Some people can, and some people are tapped into that. In the physical realm, we can't feel. Interesting. I feel like I feel like I've hear people that claim or say that they can, and I think some people maybe are more hypersensitive to energy and all that. But I just wonder what you thought. Since we could pick up energies off of things and plants and trees and leaves, but it, it's like a one percent scale compared to the thousand percent scale that what it really is on that side. Right. So, so what did this experience do to you in regards to how you live here? And it, did you come back with any, you know, more proclamations or ideas as to why we're here and what we're going to after this? Obviously, you know, the place we're going to, but like in regards to a meaning or a quote unquote purpose. 
The purpose of why we're here in the physical realm is because we've chosen this. Again, I, Philip Syracuse, do not abide by any forms of religion. There's over 200 religions around the world, if not more. I don't. My experience is real. Each person goes through their experience on their own journey of how they perceive it and what they believe. And that's okay. And, and before we're born, we sign a contract, a soul contract, that we come into the physical realm. We want, and we say, on that side, I want to experience certain things. I want to experience death at birth, or I want to experience living to 100 years old, or I want to experience dying of cancer. And we're going to say, why? Right? Because that's what we do. Why? Because we're boxed into that four corners of, we don't see why. But when you're on that side, it's like, I want to see that short play of how I'm going to live this life in the physical realm. And we all have a puzzle that we create on the physical realm. Some puzzles are short and other puzzles are very long, depending on how we pick that contract. And because of free will and choice, we can opt out of the puzzle of life, which would be suicide, which I do not recommend anyone doing because you've chosen this life path for a reason. Everyone's puzzle and everyone's belief system is different. I have people, you know, they say, well, I'm Catholic and I only believe in what I'm taught and I'm Christian. And, and guess what? That's okay. Because that's your journey. Because that was your soul's contract to experience certain types of religion and certain things before you came here. But that side, it's like this is the short window of like a movie you'd watch and it's over. We just measure it different. And that side is eternity of what we really are. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> Boy, you know, um, it's incredible. My simpleton words on that side don't even come close to what you're going to feel and what you're going to acknowledge and know. And I get off all the time, well, well, I see loved ones that I've lost. Of course, I see my grandparents. I see my grandfather I never met. And I was so happy. Yes. We're never truly lost, ever. We just lose that physical part of them. But the spiritual part continues. We're boxed in, and that's the only way I could describe it, is that we only perceive the five senses that we do have. And this unlimited senses of vibration, when you cross over, it's like, oh, I get it all now. I get it. And now it all makes sense. But you will see the, your loved ones. You will reconnect with people from the past lives before this lifetime. It's unconditional. And again, my words can only go so far. But I could tell you that it's unprecedented in what you're going to experience. But finish your journey here. Because you've chosen this journey. No matter how bad it is, how hard it is, no matter what times you go through. And we say, oh my God, how could a person go like this? It's measured different when you're on that side. Like, oh, that was quick. Are you okay? It doesn't really make a difference at, at that. It's like I wanted to watch this play of how I wanted to experience certain things. It's hard, again, it's hard for us to imagine this. And that's why I tell people, wait till you get to that side. Now, has it changed my life? Most definitely. I consider myself a messenger. I do not follow any religion and anyone's belief system but my own. I know where I was was real. I know my experience is real. No man on the face of the earth can tell me anything different in any shape or form. 
or make me believe anything different. Therefore, when I do lectures and I help people, I want people to know that in the saddest and hardest of times, I promise you that your loved ones are there listening to you. When you have intent and vibration, the way we pray for a sick person in the hospital to heal, and sometimes prayers are answered and other times they're not answered. And then we say, well, God wasn't listening to me. No, he was. The creator that I said that light, that vibration was listening. It's just not meant to be answered the way you want it to be answered. The intent of us is everything of how we get through this life in our belief system. Don't box yourself into a belief of what someone else believes or someone else's religion or someone else's, no, it's only this way. Don't do that. Believe only what you believe for your reality because you've created you. You are your reality. You are your existence. You are the creator. When you go back to the other side, you're like, I get it now. Therefore, live your journey the way you feel you should live your journey. And no man on the earth should tell you how to live. Truth really is, when you signed that soul contract, you came in alone. You came with nothing. And when you leave the fiscal realm, you ain't taking anything with you, any material things. You're going to go by by yourself. Okay? But when you get to that side, it's going to be like a grand welcoming of loved ones. So if you come into the world with nothing and alone, and you leave with nothing and alone, why would you listen to anyone telling you anything different about your own journey? Because it's your journey. They're not going along with you when you cross over. They're saying bye, rest in peace. And, and that's the biggest misconception. We all say rest in peace. We don't rest in peace. We, we're actually alive. And more on that side. What do you think? We're sleeping in a casket or... Our ashes, uh, if we're disintegrated, our ashes just in a box because we perceive it to be that way? No, 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 no. It's all wrong. It's wrong. That is life. You know, I kind of say my own way, like, go on, man, you did it. <laughs> you moved on to that next journey. Um, and, it, and again, it's hard to get it because religion doesn't teach this. But spirituality and me having this near-death experience has taught me so much that, yes, if we look at death in the physical part of us, it's scary. I don't want to be six feet under. I, want, I don't want to be turned to ashes. I'm afraid. Erase that. Those are thoughts through the physical mind. When you pull your spiritual sense in, it's like, I'm walking out of this body, and when I do, that's when I become alive. Because this body is just like getting a haircut. I'm going to lose pieces along the way. And when I go back home, I have it all. Wow, you know, I love what you're saying in regards to, you know, sticking to what you believe in, but at the same time, I think it's also important, at least in this uh, earthly realm, if you will, that if someone else believes what they believe, okay, good on good on them and let them, that's it. And it's all good. I don't, I don't know what people get. So they like attach themselves to their belief, which I'm not, you know, that's it's fine too, I guess, but just to force it upon someone else or say bullshit or say this or that or get emotional when someone else believes something else as if that diminishes your belief. You know, I think uh, I think that's a double-edged sword too because I feel like the innate thought is if I believe this so strongly and someone else believes something else, then it's like it kind of 
withers away your belief saying, oh, I might be wrong, but you're so convicted, Adam. So it's like, I think the idea that there are multiple beliefs or a lot of different belief systems indicates that inherently, I'm not saying it's so, that, oh, maybe someone's wrong. You know what I mean? Because there has to be one belief for it to be true. But at the end of the day, it's like we only know so much unless someone's had an experience like you. So it's so important to you. Hold your conviction, believe what you believe, but why do we got to be worried about someone else's belief? Is it, is it really affecting your life so much? And does it really bother you that much? So I just, I wish upon people would just, you know, be more accepting of others' beliefs as long as they're not taking action or hurting you or hurting other people. It's like, okay, let them believe what you want to believe. You can still believe what you believe and you live in that zone. So I just think that's really important. So I, I, I like what you're saying there. But I do want to ask you one more question. Why do you think some people have near-death experiences and some don't? Because I've heard multiple times people in the comment section mention, oh, I, I died, I saw nothing, and uh, this story is BS. There is no other side. There's no such thing as near-death experiences. I love atheists. I love skepticism. Look, you know, throughout my life, after this experience, I became a paranormal investigator, seeking the other side and communication with the other side as well. And... um People that don't have these encounters, when they do die or have a near-death experience, is only because they're not meant to, on this particular journey, experience that. Remember when I said, you are the creator? Yep. I want you, you, to think about what I'm about to say to you. You came into this world on a soul contract that you've agreed to because you wanted to experience certain things. You came in alone. You're going to go out alone, right? You're going to go through that whole process alone, right? Alone. Remember I said in the tunnel that it's dark and null and void, like you'll never be heard, seen, found, nothingness. Nothingness. Only to see the pinhole of light, which was the euphoric sky that opened up into this tremendous other dimensional world of life. People will walk the face of the earth having near-death experiences and saying, well, I didn't have any, I don't believe it. Guess what? Like I said, I'm a paranormal investigator. It's okay not to believe because you've already chosen that. I'm not here to change your mind, your will, your perception of what I've experienced because your choice of free will wants to experience certain things and beliefs according to what you've written in that contract. So I can get across to people that have similar experiences or have an interest in the experiences because they've chosen that in their contract. Other people have not chosen that. They may have already relived that and did not want to choose this in the physical realm this time around. And it's okay. It's okay for people not to believe. It's okay for people not to understand. I could tell anyone anyone on the face of the earth that we go on. We go on. It's up to what you believe and how you're pulled into certain things to experience them. And if you're not meant to experience, look, I'm not meant to be an astronaut. I'm not meant to be a doctor. I'm not meant to be a lawyer. I'm a messenger. That's what I am. I'm a person who seeks the other side and communicates and validates what exactly goes on and how we do that transcend of energy. And by doing that, I help people that go through the grieving process and lose loved ones, because quite frankly, we're all going to go anyway. And in 100 years, you're not even a memory here. In this physical world, it's over. But it's just a little play. 
So I don't try to change people's minds. For years, I had a battle with that as a paranormal investigator. I was like, I'm talking to someone on the other side, and, and the naysayers will come out, oh, it's not true. There would be every type of debunking and scientific explanation that didn't even make sense. And I came to my own realization that, wait a second, I've had these experiences to teach the people that are meant to understand in this lifetime. Others are not meant to get it, and they won't get it. And it's okay. It's okay to you to follow that certain religion. It's okay for you to believe what you want to believe. It's your journey because you came in alone, you're going out alone. You just wanted to experience certain things. Yeah, saying it's okay is the biggest thing, and I think that could, that could even go down to just any layer of the human experience outside of what happens after, you know what I mean? When it comes to the divisiveness that we see in general, whether it's political, whether it's X, Y, Z, it's like, it's okay. Again, I think my motto is, you know, if you're not hurting anyone, it's just your belief. Believe it. It's fine. Like, it's cool. It's good, good, good on me. Good on you. I just, I'm, I think I'm just going to, if I, you know, I chose to be David Ferrugio at this contract before all this all happened, I'm going to have a question with myself saying, why don't you choose to be 6'3? But that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but, uh, Philip, I do want to thank you for, um, for being on here. I, you, you explain things really well. And, you know, I'm hoping that people that are listening, whether you believe or not, uh, offer some comfort, which I think it will. And again, I love the way you approach these stories and you've told the story because, you're not attaching yourself, and either way, again, if people do, it's fine, but you're not attaching yourself to a religion. So I think that resonates with a certain person that may be more skeptic. Because a lot of people that listen to these stories are like, oh, as soon as they mention the Bible, as soon as they mention God, as soon as they mention this, like they just assume for some reason that it's BS and attached to a belief. Um, but it seems like, you know, you're kind of playing the line in your own way. So I thought that was pretty cool. I want to leave off with this. My message and why I do these interviews to mankind is this. From my experience and knowing that there's another side, I want my fellow man to know that the best thing you can do is help one person at a time and pass it forward. Take your ego, throw it away, take all your material things. that You're not, you're not taking them with you, and they mean nothingness. But what does mean something when you cross over? is all the love, all the ambition, all the intent, and all the peace and harmony you gave towards others. Because through the vibrational soul, that's what you're gonna take with you. I mean, taking your stereo or your car or your house, but you do take what you've wanted to create through the soul's energy of vibration. Therefore, if you take that with you on the other side, that vibrational love of what you've done for mankind, Push it forward one person at a time. If you see someone needs help crossing the street, help them. If you see someone who needs that phone call because they're alone, call them. One person at a time and make a chain effect. And if everyone gets on board and does that, mankind can slowly change throughout time where people are helping people. That's where I'm going to leave that off. I love that. And I feel like it also relates to, uh, you know, even the little things matter and it adds up. So even if you had one person a week, one person a day, that adds up, even if it might seem small at the moment. I mean, I, I love that. It's a great message. I, I think that's a message that anyone can get behind, regardless of what you believe in. So I appreciate your time, Philip. And uh, did you want to tell people about the, the, you know, the radio station you host? Do you want to give any information on yourself? you want to just tap out right there? It's up to you. I host a radio station with my wife every Monday night. We're on Roku Live TV and FM. 
And we, what we do is we interview celebrities around the world, people who've had paranormal experiences, people who've had near-death experiences similar to this, and people who had supernatural experiences, whether they believe that they've seen UFOs or aliens or time travelers. And I will say that all walks of life are, are very interesting because I've interviewed the rich of the rich and the poor of the poor, but there's always that mediumship of this is not just what we see. There's so much more than what we really are. And that's in all walks of life. And, and I want to leave this before I go is that I do that with this radio show to help people learn and, and talk to the people that we go on. We can't communicate with the other side. Have intent, belief, love, trust, and faith. And if you are trying to communicate with someone that has crossed over, very simple. This is what you do. Make believe you're talking to them like they're there. And you're like, well, I don't see them, so they're not there. Hold it. Hold it. The physical part you may not see, but through the dream state, they might come through and say, hey, I'm in the dream because that's when you're free of all the outside world. I'm here. Or you may hear that song on the radio that reminds you of them. Or you may go to a movie and say, wait a second, my parents used to see that movie. Or you may see a sign that you're driving by on a throughway and say, I remember that sign. Someone used to always tell me about that. Or you may go to a state or a place that reminds you of them, and you'll get that feeling. The other side is always listening, giving us messages, and it's us to listen to those messages. Never give up the belief that you can't communicate because you can't communicate with the other side. The other side does listen. I promise you that. Promise you. And through the dream state and songs, pay close attention to the dining needle, the dragonflies, and the flowers, and the butterflies, and the red cardinals. Pay attention to certain things and the wind, knowing that you'll walk this journey more easier, knowing that, wait a second, they just left the, the physical part of us, which I didn't want to go back into, quite frankly, but there's so much more, and it's never lost, ever, and I promise you that, ever. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It was nice to meet you, and I look forward to any future events. There we go. Philip, thank you guys, and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Dead Talks. Until next time. <laughs>